0: and welcome back welcome aboard another Par train if your golf game is off the rails and you're sick of riding that struggle bus you have come to the right place we help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again because we know if you can learn to smile through bad golf you can smile through anything the Par train is all about unpacking the mental game we talked to pj tour pros best-selling authors sports psychologists and people like you and me everyday golfers to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally get back on track. This is a bonus episode as a part of our brand new LFG series that is a shorter form where we handpick our greatest sound bites from our most popular episodes, mash them together over music around a singular theme and get you fired up in the right frame of mind on your way to the course, an important meeting or whatever you're on your way to, this will fire you up. Let's
1: go. You know, golf is just a game of complete unpredictability. You have no idea what's going to happen. You should almost just try and judge yourself by how you respond to the inevitable chaos out there.
2: When I put out things that are, are meant to help people manage their expectations appropriately, I'll often get people coming back at me and, and saying things like, I'm going to try, and this is telling me I shouldn't try, and I shouldn't care, and it's it's just the opposite. And I think there's so many players out there that have expectations that are warped.
3: There's just no situations, I mean, literally at all, where you're ever expecting to make a birdie unless you can get it greenside on a, a, a drivable par four or a reachable par five, but again, then that's even still questionable. It's not like you're expecting to make a birdie, but you've just got a better chance. But aside from a hole, you can actually get it greenside in one shot less than regulation. There's just nowhere you can do that.
1: If you sort of simplify things, everything you work on on your golf game, i.e. your golf swing, should be about increasing the predictability of the shot. And there's such a war on instruction of, and, and I fall into that trap too. I, I have a lot of friends who are golf coaches and I'm swinging in the kitchen. I'm like, oh, this position, my wrist and all these things. and. It's cool, it's tangible. We can see the evidence of it. Posting a swing video, showing your buddies, increasing your swing, all all these things are cool. They're, you know, as I say, they're tangible, but are they actually increasing the predictability of where the ball's going?
2: The stat that people should be thinking about and tracking the most is how many, this is not including par threes, how many tee shots leave me in a position where I have a reasonable shot to knock the ball on or around the green for my next shot, or in the case of a par five, my my third shot. So, how many tee shots basically keep me in play?
3: You know, we have a range of potential outcomes in any given golf shot. We have a range of potential ex- you know results and expe- expected values to hold out from there. Let's take a weighted average of all of it, and let's just see which which target has the best uh, you know the optimal scoring average, and then go with it. And and luckily. There's a lot of very clear patterns that emerged from the data that, that allows you to, to systematize.
1: Are you really asking yourself before the shot, well, what does a good shot look like here? Or are you thinking to yourself, geez, my, my left wrist is just two degrees too bowed," and, and then all, there's a pond over your right somewhere and you're thinking, oh, don't hit it there. And then all of a sudden you hit it 50 yards left. Our our attentions can just be in so many different places.
2: Focusing on the next shot, having a good routine, I think is critical and it's key. And it sounds so cliche, but really taking it one shot at a time and don't get ahead of yourself, I think is the best thing we can all do. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do.
0: The specific use case and the expectations can make the same exact result or opportunity feel entirely different. Should we just be
3: aiming at the bunker? I mean, what are the odds we're gonna hit it in? This is where golf becomes difficult. If we're talking about basketball and you're like, hey, I'm at the top of the key, you know what that looks like, right? Sure. If I'm on the 20 yard line, we're going to, you know, to, to whatever red zone offense, you know what that looks like. I got an idea of what you're talking about, but it's the fact that golf is the only sport in the world that's not played on a uniform field of competition. I mean, technically, my answer is like, it depends. But if that bunker is about 10 yards wide or less, and there's really not much else around it, yeah, you just hit it right at it, and you kind of cross your fingers. You
1: know, we're all control freaks. Like, everyone just wants control. the golf ball birdie every hole. Well, it's not going to happen, is it?
3: 70 to 80% of your reduction in scores from bogey and higher avoidance, not from making more birdies. A tour player does make a couple more birdies per round than the 79 shooter, but again, it's not like it's six more birdies, it's just, it's just a couple.
2: Everybody's different, which is why it's so important to track your stats and understand where your strengths and your weaknesses are so you can tackle what is appropriate for you. Um, there's not a one size fits all. We're we're all different and and we all perform in different ways. And
0: that as an amateur really frees you up to say, why am I trying to thread the needle and like give myself the miracle shot I see on TV? Like even my angle out of the trees can change. Instead of trying to hit a little and trying to get 40 more yards down the fairway, what is my best angle to get it out? It's hard enough getting people to not try to make birdie with a
3: nine iron in their hands. Now put yourself in the trees with a pretty decent, like a decent little hallway and you're walking down there, you set your bag down you're like, oh man, I got a little hallway. I can still get a 15 foot look for birdie. Like you're not, it's crazy, but you're not even thinking about like, I can just make a par here. Like, hey, I've got a good chance of making a par, but you're like, I can still get a look at birdie, which is
2: completely insane. You want to balance hitting as many greens as you possibly can, minimizing how often you shortside it. You know, short-sighting it is really challenging, but at the end of the day for amateurs, losing strokes through penalty shots is a huge leak for players. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where they need to start. When you're racking up three or four penalty strokes per round, it's hard to put a good number on the board.
1: If you get fully committed to the shot and you can clearly see in your mind before you hit the shot what a good shot looks like, you're giving yourself at least a chance, aren't you? You're not thinking about you know, shanking it or something. Just go out and try to not make that double.
3: And the rest of it, it, it actually will just kind of work itself out, and, and just removing those big numbers, it's just, A, it makes your score lower just by doing that, but B, the downstream effect of, i just made a stupid triple now my my head's down my shoulders are down my attitude's down it's hard to just turn that around
0: if you stick it to 12 feet have a 12 footer for look at birdie you are be pretty pleased right so i'm really fascinated by these moments where the specific use case and the expectations can make the same exact result or opportunity feel entirely different
2: I don't know if uh, us humans were really wired to play golf. <laughs> it seems like all the things you <laughs> need to do to play good golf is the opposite of how we all typically think and act and behave. When you make an up and down for bogey, whether it's
3: a par three or par five, whatever, it's like, you know, way to salvage that hole. And when you right. three putt for bogey, it's like, you, know, you let one go there, you know, just yeah. <laughs> and
2: you made yeah. the same score. You know, you probably hit uh, not your best shot to get, get you in a position where you had to get up and down for bogey, right? Whoa. So you had some bad mojo on that hole or whatever, bad swing thoughts, bad outcomes, whatever the case may be, something didn't go your way to put you in that spot, but you walk off generally feeling pretty good about it, right? When you make a 10 footer for bogey, you feel very differently than when you three putt from 30 feet.
0: That's, that is just a, a fact of life. And most players don't know what shot they're gonna hit. <laughs> most players don't have the ability to know what shot they can hit. It's it's a total crapshoot. I think that's one of the toughest balances is accepting the uncertainty, while also the uncertainty could mean a two-way miss, right, which is the hardest thing to play with. So thinking about what an amateur could do to have a high level of acceptance while the results are so erratic.
1: I remember playing golf with my dad and he's hitting his driver all over the place. And he's thinking about this stuff with- yeah, but I need to do this in the lessons like that, hit the middle of the face. Just try and hit the middle of the face first. And then if it goes way left, when you know why, something's happened, but hit the middle of the face first, you know? There's no point toe hooking it and thinking it was your your wrist angles at the top of your backswing. You hit it off the toe first.
3: Now imagine that there's a fairway that's a huge fairway, 40 yards wide. Bunkers on the left and rough on the right and the pins on the left. So we want to be towards the right. Hey, it's even the the better place. It's rough instead of bunkers. Like there's a lot going for this. But if you try to shade your shot over to the right, you'll just put too many shots into the right rough. And typically there's gonna be some trees or it's gonna turn to native grass, or it's gonna turn into somebody's pool at some point. So you just can't keep shading it off to the right. Even though the
0: left bunkers aren't
3: good, they're typically going to be better than somebody's pool or the trees.
0: Dr. Joe Parent, the author of Zen Golf, he said, a good shot is a shot that I can get the club on the ball, with basically nothing right in front of me. Like if I have a view at the green or my target, that's a good shot.
2: Check that as a win. You just gotta
3: embrace the game for what it is. There's always going to be something. Well, I'm not gonna aim at that bunker.
2: Sometimes it means just keeping it in play. But just trust me, go practice.
1: Every club can do so many
2: different things. We choose to spend money on this hobby, because we love it. Love it. Gotta love it.
1: I can see how it can help.
2: Do we want to play well? Yeah, absolutely. Is it is it maybe more fun when we play really well? Yeah, probably. We're really adding value for
0: the PARTRAIN community here. Hey guys, this is Evan. Before you hop off board, if you love the podcast and you love our merchandise drops, I think I got something you'll probably enjoy. You go to thepartrain.com, hop aboard our email list, get a free newsletter that keeps your game on track, a little mental nugget every Monday. And then maybe even more importantly, first access to merchandise drops before any Instagram promotion. We send it to our email subscribers first. And so if that interests you, hop aboard the email list at theparttrain.com. Hope you guys enjoyed the ride. Take care.